you know when you're at school and like the teacher starts a class yeah i always wondered like how does a teacher like start a class like if i was a teacher how would i start a class <laughs> yeah, yeah i kind of feel the same way about starting this podcast like if someone when you're like in an interview or something and someone says like so talk to me talk yeah. about yourself how do you well, start where do i start like yeah man you sort of mumble for about five minutes before actually saying anything of uh, significant. You want to have fun. How would you start? I don't know. I guess I, that's why I never... But that's not the so only reason I never became a teacher. But I, like the I, the thought of being a teacher to me is like quite terrifying. Like because you're basically in front of a, an audience who doesn't want to be there. In yeah. my eyes, like, but that's because I know that when I was a kid and I was in school, I didn't want to be there. So yeah, like, yeah. I, I just consider that everyone's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit silly to think like that. I think no. Um, well, it, because now as a musician, yeah. like. You know, I, I guess when I was starting out, I had that same that same sort of fear. Like when I was going up to perform, I was kind of because you have that self doubt. Yeah, it creates yeah. this doubt. You, you you project that doubt into other people, and you think, why would anyone want to listen to to this? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Then that well, Be- that comes across on stage. Like that that's what <laughs> and becomes you the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you kind of have to. You have to kind of sort of make, uh, fake it to make it really. Yeah, yeah. Like you, at first, you you have to appear confident when you're not. Yeah. And then you realize, well, this that's my experience. Then I started to realize that actually, out of that came confidence. confidence yeah, no which doubt. Which is quite an interesting thing to to, yeah. to realize. Absolutely, it's it's uh it, it is that fake it till you make it, and then yeah, but they never talk about the bit after that, which is when you've when you get there when you're getting somewhere then you you're naturally uh you, you stop thinking about that bit again like with edinburgh you're doing it night after night after night it gets to a point where you're like you're, there's one person out there you just got going but they've paid in it like and you're thinking fuck i've got to like just make it look like everything's cool mm. and then once you start it's all good um but anyway uh, but we'll we'll let me introduce you to people, first of all. So, ladies and gents, hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of Acting Inspired with me, Lewis Goody. And today, I have a guest. Yeah, um, I haven't had a guest for a while. I can't remember the last time I had a guest, actually. Um, God, that it was probably the Paper Creatures guys. I did a, did some post show talks for them and stuff. Um, but my guest today is a uh, musician. Um, you may remember a podcast that I did with Michael McCaffrey uh, on meditation, and we had a guided meditation after that as well. That was a, a couple, probably a year or so ago now, even more maybe. Um, and I met Dan Caleb. Is that that's how I would say yeah we've yeah, had that yeah. conversation as well, uh, Dan Caleb I've met through Michael um, at his meditation sessions um, and uh, yeah uh, here he is Dan hello hi Lewis how's hi, it going <laughs> I, yeah I, really good I struggle with these introductions as much as like anyone else like if you listen to all of my podcasts with people from the start to to now it's pretty much the same where I go. 
Yeah, so here we are. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, so how's it going, Dan? Yeah, good. Yeah? Yeah. Was on? <laughs> Doing your music thing? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I've been busy. Um, yeah, so, I, okay, I, so so let, let's talk about how we met then. Um, so it was through Michael, through the meditation stuff. I was there with Kai to try and find some kind of... Uh, Kai went to, to... My girlfriend Kai went to a couple of the sessions, met Michael on a different retreat, I think, and then came back and started going to his um, weekly meditation sittings or whatever. Um, I was there because I felt stuck and uh, overwhelmed with life and, uh, you know, various sort of anxious feelings and stuff that I, I needed to, I needed something to, to, to help me. Um, and that's where I ended up. Um, and that's how I met you. What, what, what brought you to that kind of environment, first of all? Well, I, I started going to Michael's meditations when, when he started them, which I think was around almost six years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, so it was oh, wow, probably another th- maybe three years until I met you and Kai, I would say maybe even four. Yeah. Um, so he was running these um, sort of tw- uh, every couple of weeks, he was running the meditation oh, yeah. group, um, you know, near to where you and I live. Yeah. And... Um, I was, uh, I was in a situation where I was unemployed at the time and really trying to figure out what I was doing. Um, I would have been 28, 29. Yeah. Um, I kind of had an idea. I'd left a job to try and record an album but oh, I, I kind I of realized that I was I was kind of just starting out and it was a it was kind of a far fetched idea. Right. I'd never performed live before. To be honest, at that point I never thought I would. So it's kind of going back to what we were talking about before we started the podcast of like jumping out of your comfort zone mm. and going too slightly too far. Like yeah. going slightly it's too far. Ever so slightly different because I was not comfortable at work. Like right. I felt um what were you doing for work at that time? At the time, I was working in a sort of administrative role yeah. for a solicitor's firm. Uh-huh. And it really had no real prospects for me in terms of um, sort of like, I, I didn't have an interest to study law. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I didn't particularly in, enjoy the work or the routine. It was taking me a, a good hour to get there and another hour back. So it's just very, you know, very, very tiring. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, at, at that age, like when you're about to hit sort of thirties, you do start to wonder, um, well, you know, about a career and, and yeah. where you're what going. What's going on? You know, I, I always wanted, I've always wanted, like enjoyed the creative side of things. You know, I used to love writing, um, stories when I was a, a child poems yeah and things and um it wasn't until a bit later that i started to write music i was i was 22 when i took up guitar and started to write songs right which is quite late it um, is quite late in terms of it, when you think about sort of musicians they yeah. tend to start you know you tend to hear about these ones starting <laughs> yeah, like yeah 10 yeah. or 7 or yeah exactly yeah um 
but and I studied film at university, and I'd wanted to be a, a sort of screenwriter, or cool. know, I just I really liked the idea of being in creative, and and for me it was about expressing. I I felt I had something I wanted to express, or yeah. I just didn't know what means to to let that out. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, and 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 so yeah, as I was saying, like when you when you start hitting that age, and you kind of you kind of do have to make a choice, like. Well, to be honest, it wasn't even a choice. It was more desperation. I, I, I felt like I was, I was in a job that had no prospects for a career, and I had no real prospects in terms of creativity. And I left the job because I didn't really enjoy it. And I, I and the idea of making the album, it didn't feel like a, a really um, ambitious move to me. Right. It, it, it felt like more like. I just didn't want to work and and I like it wasn't like I spent all my time making that album I I maybe recorded once a week or once every couple of weeks when I could actually tie my brother down to it and my yeah. brother's my, been my producer since then right right, right. Um, but he's very busy producing his own music right um, and so your brother's quite successful is that right in in the music world is that fair to say oh did you say that yeah, so more recently he he's sort of had um what a, a like big hit which was like in the charts and stuff. Amazing. At that time he was like starting out producing I suppose. So oh, yeah. I think it was probably quite nice for him in some respects to produce my music even though generally I I my music is I describe it as like alt folk uh-huh. so it's kind of like folk music but not really so alternative music's more kind of Yeah. They're, they're kind of like I suppose Pearl Jam, the, the, the sort of grungier side of things. Oh, no, and so I kind of like combine those elements. Yeah, he's he produces house music and hip hop music. Does he um, really? Yeah, mostly house now. Oh, um, oh, that's cool. I thought he, I thought it was like a, I thought he was a good, like a jazz guitarist. He's also a jazz guitarist. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, so he he's actually like a very very accomplished jazz guitarist. Wow. Um, but he also had this like massive hit that that was a house song that but he's kind of I'm not really sure if he's not let me know if I'm allowed to like okay fair, say yeah, yeah. what it is because the act the act is kind of like anonymous okay <laughs> oh right even though so I, I I sometimes don't know if I, like if you if I what can you really can say, say what he yeah, does apparently. but yeah well yeah, he's no. he's doing good let's just say that like yeah yeah um but he was producing tracks for you at that time you were just, just yeah and we made the album yeah so we recorded ten songs wow and um, but at that time you know and I I didn't have any social media presence at all yeah. I didn't have a personal Facebook page I didn't have a music page I. I had a MySpace just. Yeah, I yeah. got a MySpace just at the time when everyone was like, "Yep, yeah, no one uses MySpace anymore." <laughs> <laughs> um, and really, like, you know, I was, um, I was pretty proud of of the album, even though subsequently I've actually like taken it offline. Um, I, I'm still quite proud of it. Yeah. Um, it it doesn't, it doesn't sound like, I guess, how. Ha- it doesn't seem to represent me anymore. I don't think. Sure. Um, the, out of the songs that were on, were on the album, I think I only play two of them now. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, also, 
having never sung live before at that point, um, my my vocal range and ability to sing has improved a lot yeah, since of course, yeah, I recorded yeah. then. And that's a lot of that is because when you perform live, or this is my experience of it, I realized that like I could, even now I can only ever get to maximum like 80% when I practice at home. And then when I sing live, I just go for it like 100% yeah. and really like belt the song out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so you really and 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 through that, through doing that regularly, like my my range has improved, and also my just the the way I deliver a song, I suppose. Yeah, I mean the muscles have been worked, so you're you're mm. you've had that practice basically of doing it at full pelt, like uh, or or a hundred percent or whatever. Yeah, um, that's amazing. So you, you you so you left that. How how old are you now? If you don't mind me asking, I'm thirty five now. Thirty five now. So. About six years ago or so. Mm. So you left the job. You recorded the this the album. What what was the next kind of what happened after that? So, I what was the plan actually? What did you want to happen? And I, d- what did I didn't happen? really have a plan. As I say, the whole thing was 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 kind of desperate. I felt I was in a hole and I yeah. was struggling with depression like hugely. Yeah. Um. Not just then, but right through my teens, right up to that point. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I've only, I've only really managed to curtail the depression over the last, I'd say, three years. Yeah. And I must say that Michael and the meditation stuff has had a massive influence on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can second that through not necessarily depression, but like hardcore anxiety. Is, is, that has had a huge impact on on a... On my feelings, of, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, carry on. Mm. Um, it's quite sometimes just as a sort of side. It's I, I sometimes like at at some stage in my early twenties, like I, that was when I started to realize that there was something wrong with me. Right. In terms of like, I before that, as as like strange as it seems, I thought there was something wrong with everybody else. Like I just was completely misunderstood. Like, right. I'd find that I'd say things. And I'd think they were funny, but they but then people would take them, take offense and stuff. And I'd be like, <laughs> right, right, right. I, I'd just be like thinking, what's happening here? Like, I'm completely misunderstood. Like, right, like, right, right. Um, what kind of thing then, would you say? Oh, I can't think of specifics. But you, do, do you know the feeling of yeah, just, sure. of just you, you're trying to have a conversation and you just, yeah. there's just some, some not miscommunication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I suppose. I can't think of a specific example. Yeah, but yeah. I have quite a sarcastic humour. Yeah. So I'll say something and it will be actually the opposite of what I mean. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, But, you know, how how is the other person supposed to know if they don't know me well? Like, how are they supposed yeah. to know whether to take it seriously or not? Like, <laughs> so I guess, like, I was very self-absorbed as well at that point. Um I don't know if that's a symptom of going through these issues. I, I suspect it probably is. Yeah. Um, when I realized that, that I was struggling, I went to the GP and, um, uh, you know, it was pretty well, it was pretty obvious that I suffered from depression. Mm. Um, but it was also, uh, I had like tests for autism and I was told I had like mild autism as well. Right. Um, and also like a mild kind of psychosis as well. Wow. Which is 
interesting thing to bring up on a podcast. But. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting thing to find out about yourself. Yeah, but it, at the time, I was like very, I was actually really happy to receive all these um, diagnoses. Yeah. At that time, and I must say, I'm not now. Really? Like, yeah. At that time, I wanted explanations. Right. I wanted sure. to, something to cling to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was given um, prescription drugs as a consequence of those diagnoses, and. I don't know. I mean, I think they probably did help for a bit, but I was on them for way too long. Right. Like, I think they're fine um, to help steady yourself. But I was told with one particular drug that I might be on it all my life. Really? Um, and I was on it for about 10 years. Holy shit. I don't really know what it, the effect it was having. I think it made me did make me calmer. Right. But I also think that it... I, there was some reason, like, and sometimes people would ask me, like, why do you want to come off it? And I did want to come off it, but I didn't really know why. Right, right, right. But I felt like I wanted to be, like, really genuine. It felt, I wanted to be, right. uh, I, I wanted to have my identity, and I didn't know what the what the uh, prescription was doing and whether it was maybe stifling that that sense of identity. Sure, yeah. It was very difficult to come off the prescription. It took two years just to wean off it because it's Holy that powerful. Holy shit. And um, um, what surprised me the most was that the symptoms started coming back, like the depression and stuff. Like I, I, you know, and it really made highlighted the fact that these things aren't cures. Right. Yeah. They, sure. They, right. they do. They they kind of um, they're plasters. I've heard it described as you know. Yeah. But that sort at of some point the rug, you're going to have to deal with whatever those issues were. Right. That that made that made you suffer in the first place. Yeah. And it was, it was actually a bit disappointing to, yeah. to realize that these issues were coming back. Yeah. But at the same time, very necessary. Right. And I had the tools at that point, largely through meditation and a more mindful way of living. Yeah. Um, to, to be able to deal with the, the issues, I suppose. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Uh, that's, that's, it's crazy, isn't it? The, 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 because it's like it, it just covered it up for a while, basically. Yeah. But because I was, what I was actually going to say was because I was getting all these diagnoses. Yeah. And I kind of assumed that that anxiety was part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said that you suffer from anxiety but not so much depression, like I was quite interested to know what anxiety felt like without that, without the kind of depression side. Because oh, I always thought they were quite linked. Actually. Well, I think the reason I say that is because I've never been diagnosed with depression. Um, and I'm scared to to say that um, because I don't know why really. I, but but it is. Um, I mean, it did come with a feeling of like. I guess I interpret anxiety, or I I interpret depression as anxiety in a way. So I just worry. I worry about mm. literally everything which does then end up putting me into a state of like sadness, I suppose, which I guess it, but it, the bigger thing for me is worrying about everything, mm. you know, Oh, it, it may be even more connected to some sort of OCD. I think, um, for example, the other day I still have it. I still, I deal with it slightly better now. Um, but, uh, you know, the other day I, I lost a pen 
that wasn't even my like I'd I'd taken it from work like a shitty biro I'd taken from work but I'd had it for like a couple of weeks in the pocket of my jacket or whatever and um and I lost it and I couldn't fucking leave the house like I I turned the fucking place upside down trying to find this pen that I have no sentimental co- connection with mm. well I t- I tricked myself into thinking I did and then I traced the steps back and it's like, I nicked it from someone else. It wasn't even my pen. There's probably some other guy doing exactly the same thing as me going, where's my fucking pen? And I've got it. Yeah. Well, I haven't. I've lost it. Um, so it was more, it's that kind of thing where like mm. crippling sort of worry that that would disable, I, I, unable to, to take my brain anywhere else. Mm. Um, am a, I was able to if I tried, but I was... I would let it consume me. So yeah, I would say that I did that. That, and I haven't take. I haven't had any sort of drugs or or anything. I it was going to. That was the reason for going to Michael and seeking some sort of way of dealing with it because mm. I've always been scared of. I, I might even be listening to. I've listened to a lot of American. I listen to a lot of American podcasts where they will quite often talk about like antidepressants, etc. Um, and uh, it scared me. Um, I guess I, I've always thought shit. Like I even I'm even get freaked out about um, uh, the other day that the doctor called me and was like, "Can we book you in for your flu jab?" Really? And I, and I was like, "I don't think you can no. get one unless you're like a." Like even yeah, really really young or slightly older. There's but. one for like older people, and there's one for like our age apparently I had that once as well and then yeah. I went in they were like what are you doing here I oh, was like really? well you called me in they were like yeah but you're like in your mid 20s like what the hell are you doing here? oh really <laughs> yeah I don't know what. and oh, then I was like oh right thanks a lot they were like you can stay if you want but like yeah the, the, it's not really for you <laughs> <laughs> like, well thanks for calling me great cheers the yeah. other one they do is they call me um every year to to ask what was it is it like this smoking thing and they say do you smoke yeah and I say no and they say, have you ever smoked? And I just think, you asked if I'd ever smoked last year. So how the hell do you not, <laughs> yeah. still not know the answer to that? Yeah, that? That answer actually can't change. Where's the data? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Where is it going? And it's like every year they seem to ask if I've ever smoked. Really? Like, maybe next year I'll try telling them that I'd never tried a cigarette and see what they say. Wait, <laughs> hang on, our records show that you have. Well, what why you did you ask me? me that? <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, so I guess I, I was always scared of that kind of thing. So that's why I was seeking like, um, I was also going to like a counselling thing as well. Um, help up in Notting Hill though. It's like, it was quite good because it's sort of based on, it's it's um, therapists or whatever in their final year of training. So they're about to become fully fledged or whatever. And uh, so, and you pay related to your income. Mm-hmm. so it it's a bit makes it a bit easier but mm-hmm. and at that point it was only when you told me that I didn't even I wasn't even aware that you could uh, get counselling through the NHS as well so yeah um, but I still haven't gone down that route because I've touched wood I've, I've been able to manage it a little bit better and it's probably through doing following my heart a bit more with the comedy with Edinburgh with that kind of thing like mm. I have been allowing myself to be me a bit more um, which kind of it feels like a similar thing with you in a way because 
I didn't I didn't know you all those years ago. We'll go back to your through line in a sec with the with the music and everything and and when you recorded that first album. But the um, I didn't know you and um and i didn't know everything that you'd been through you'd mentioned a couple of little things to me in passing when we'd have a cup of tea before sitting um but then you know and then we i guess we didn't see each other for quite a while like we'd see each other on and off or or because for whatever reason work and things I, i wasn't able to go to the meditation sessions um but then when me and kai bumped into you that time and then we came to watch you at the pack horse playing and mm. playing live and singing your own songs and we both when we went home were like D- he's like a totally different dude um like we it's literally nice, had the conversation yeah we came home and we're like fucking hell i never thought i'd see you like stood mm. you know on a on a stage and I, I don't even know i didn't even know you that i barely know you now mm. to be honest i guess but it's, it, it's been a massive part of like um my process of finding my identity Mm. um i think i'm very very lucky in that sense um because i don't not everyone finds it and i search you know like as i said i think at the beginning of this podcast like i knew that i had something i wanted to say and i had and you know for for a few years maybe three or four years i was like writing screenplays yeah yeah. none of which ever got made in fact hardly any got finished because yeah. they were just these wild ideas that I had <laughs> that had no sort of structure to them. Right. And I was very isolated and I would cut people off because I wanted to do my writing. Right, right, right. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'd go like, I mean, I, I struggled to really remember that time well. Yeah. But I was in deep depression, deep isolation. Yeah. Because I wasn't on social media, um, I, I didn't have that element as well. And I'm I'm not a big fan of social media, but what I would say is that I thought I was being rejected by a lot of people, but I didn't realise the power that social media played. So yeah. when I heard about people going to like a party, for example, and I, and I hadn't even heard about it, yeah. I'd feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. But now I realise that having, jo- having only joined Facebook a couple of years ago, that they probably just put an event up yeah. that I didn't see. And yeah. like it, it was absolutely nothing personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but finding, um, if I, you know, my suggestion to anyone who who thinks they've got something they want to do creatively is just just like to to kind of like find find your way. Um, what do you because think? Because I think it's like really important. It's been well for me. It's been like massively important. Yeah. Um, and, and also what the great thing about it about that and about meditation is that the power is completely with you yeah you don't need a drug you don't even need a doctor um you know i've been through my fair share of counseling and things and i've had um what i think have been good experiences and bad experiences yeah but um you know i don't I, i don't if you're looking for help from from other people quite often you're going to be disappointed and you know you realize that they are just people with problems too like that you know i think counseling is actually a great thing because it's basically you're you're if you're feeling isolated and you feel like you need to talk it, you, you've got a you've got a friend yeah, yeah, yeah. that you don't need to deal with you can just <laughs> it, it's just like someone who's just going to listen and then when the time's up 
you don't need to like worry that oh why did i say that and yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. are they going to tell all, all the other people <laughs> yeah. in my group and things like that you know the the way you would if you really yeah if you really like offloaded a lot of stuff with a friend you might think well they might go and tell someone that i really don't want to know about all sure. this or something like that yeah um and but you know that aside when you have a creative outlet to let those feelings out those emotions there's a great catharsis that comes when i write um and and through meditation which is for me like meditation is more just about real like a a realization a a noticing of how your mind is is working um and so so for example like when you were looking looking for that pen yeah um and, and i think you do this quite a lot actually is that you 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 just notice the process of what happened yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the ne- then the next step is to just tr- you know try and notice when that's happening again and and remember how it served you the last time yeah you may f- feel now that you wasted an hour of your life looking for that pen yeah and the next time you use a pen you might think back to that and you might think do you know what? Like, I, I want that. That hour is more precious to me than that pen. Yeah. And so I, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. And, and that, for me, is what meditation is about. Um, it, it, and at, at one stage, when I started meditating, I remember saying to Michael that I didn't think I could meditate. Like Michael was saying, you know, you'd really benefit from meditating. Yeah. Um, and... At that time, actually, his group was not really a meditation group. We'd just talk and have tea. Oh, right. And he'd talk about sort of life and then open it up for a bit of a Q&A. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't really sit, actually, oh, in really? meditation. Yeah, not there was probably a good year or so where we, oh, wow. where we did that. And at that point, he was sort of saying, you know, you'd, you'd really benefit from meditating. And I actually said, you know, I don't think I can. Like, my mind is so active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then I've come to realize now, like years later, that that was a complete misunderstanding of what meditation is. Yeah, yeah. Like the active, you can't stop an active mind just by sitting down and going, right, can you just shut um, up to your mind? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that the noticing of what your mind is doing, how it works, like the, the process of the thoughts that are coming. Yeah. Um, that is, that's the whole thing for me that's what i get out of meditation do you meditate regularly now no no I'm not in that sense of like sitting down and just sitting like and for me like a silent sort of 20 minutes meditation. i never do that at home i sometimes go to like a group meditation yeah uh, which is a guided meditation yeah sure um that's in the a place called the museum of happiness in camden oh which wow I think is a really like great that they, they're a charity um and they offer like a free guided meditation on a Friday evening at six oh, thirty. Cool. It's really, really, really great. Um, and so, yeah. But but more than the meditation, it's just that that sense that sense of like noticing how the mind works. Yeah. And I bring that to the when I perform because I suffered hugely from performance anxiety. Yeah and and then i started to bring that sense of like noticing what i was going through before i was performing yeah you know the body starting to shake the the thoughts especially like 
like uh, I'd perform at open mics and let's say I was like seventh to go on I, like the other six people I, I wouldn't be listening to my thoughts would just be going off like oh can I remember that lyric uh what was that chord change uh, like yeah and I'd just be like stressing out over <laughs> yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> it's uh, terrible isn't it yeah and then there was one particular gig that I did actually I think it was the second ever gig I did because I've not been like I've been doing open mics for quite a long time not really gigs um, what, what is the difference an open mic is just where you just go up and you just Do sign you up on a songs. list yeah, yeah and then you maybe get between two or four songs uh-huh. and um, there may be sort of between I don't know there may be up to like 20-25 people performing on a sure. given night so a gig is like a just, gig is like you're just on the bill and you'll probably pay at least um, half an hour. That's cool. Um, and it may only be like four or five performers. And it just, it feels like a more pressurised... Right. Like if people go to a gig, I guess they're expecting a certain degree of professionalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just remember a bit that... I, I, I knew I'd be incredibly nervous. And I remember actually thinking to myself sort of like saying to myself like Dan you're going to be nervous at this gig no matter what you've invited friends you've invited family you've invited friends from different groups from different times in your life yeah you've never really had this situation before where they're all in a room together and you're going to be on stage and they're all going to be looking at you and watching you (laughs) I said to myself there's nothing you can do about this you're going to be nervous so instead of just sitting there trying to remember chords and all that kind of shit just try your best to watch the other acts like just yeah. that just let go and just yeah and i did you know the thoughts would come and i'd i'd try and my best to put them to one side and for the most part i was pretty successful at it mm-hmm. and it actually like served me really well it was i enjoyed watching the other acts more the ones who were playing before me yeah and when i got on stage i felt way more grounded and i probably was less nervous than I ever was. And as a consequence, (laughs) I performed better than I ever had. Yeah. I think where I was, because what had happened before was that I'd screw up a song, um, at an open mic. And then when I went to the next open mic, I'd be stressing out about screwing up that same song. Yeah. And I'd be stressed myself so much. I'd build it up so much on that same, like focused on that same point in the song probably as well. that's what I do is is terrible. Yeah. Well, it it might for me I think it was like a finger style song and okay. my fingers just weren't working properly. Right, so like right. the pattern's the same for the whole song and okay. it was just like my they, like my hands weren't doing what they should be. <laughs> and you know the pattern was that I would go there, I would screw it up, I'd come back, you know, play another play another open mic, stress out about the song and I'd th- you know I'd be practicing it. And then I'd screw it up again and I'd yeah. be like, what the hell's going on? I was in this cycle. I didn't really see a way out. Yeah. But that experience of just letting go to the nerves, just just what do you think accepting that it. Yeah, because it's this, it's the, because I, I get that as well, especially with, it, it's odd. I don't get it with um, stand up, uh, with, uh, sorry, with, with acting. It's weird. I, I get that, that intense feeling only when I do stand up or, or or 
you know my whatever the fuck you would call what what it is i do now um which i don't think is quite stand up or music necessarily but a weird mix of the two um i only get it with that and you know i can stand on stage and do do a fucking shakespeare play that i've rehearsed for four weeks in front of two thousand people and not be as worried about it um when you're doing it on your own to however many people it's nerve-wracking and the the weirdest thing for me is that the the knowledge that even if this goes horribly wrong it doesn't matter like there's nothing you're still going to be able to do it again Mm. there's literally nothing bad that can happen from you doing a bad set Mm. You know, that, you, that's I just the, I used to just build it up in my head. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, it, still do. It's like I I think I made every like performance the most important yeah, thing sure. that was ever going to happen. Yeah, and you know that that kind of pressure that I put on myself was did not serve me well. Yeah. Um. I at that point I you know I wasn't playing that regularly. Yeah. When I was doing these open mics and I was maybe doing one every couple of weeks. Yeah. And so. You know, I would play an open mic and it wouldn't go as I'd wanted. And I'd spend the next two weeks trying to practice the hell out of the song and trying to make sure that it didn't happen again. Yeah. But that two week interlude made me just build up the whole event again so that the next one felt incredibly important. I put the pressure on myself and I screwed it up again. And that was the pattern. It was only when I started decided that I was going to go out more regularly and I was playing like four or five nights a week. Yeah. So I was gone from playing once every two weeks to like 10 times every two weeks, let's say. That's mad. Because that's, I feel like that's sort of where I am now. You probably had that in Edinburgh, I'm guessing. I did, but I had to do it because I I was committed. You know, I had to do it every oh, single night. Oh, but it was, math- it, it, it helped me so much. Oh, yeah. Regularly, like it was... It, because when I screwed it up, I was just like, well, fuck it, you know, I'm, I'll come back tomorrow and, like, yeah, I'll yeah. try again. Like, yeah, sure. It was just like water off a duck's back at that point. Whereas before I built it up, you had two weeks to have this massive build-up. Yeah. Well, it's weird, though, because I think I've regressed. Is that, the, is that a word? Mm. Really? How so? Maybe it's because Edinburgh feels like a whole separate world. Because mm. it's like being on another planet for a month. And then I've come back here and, you know, all of my peers um, have, would have done, you know, it's been a month nearly. They would have, they would have, they would have done, you know, well, to, well into the tens of gigs by this point. I'm, I've got my first one tomorrow since oh, being I see, back from, from being back, yeah. yeah. And the idea was to come back and hit the ground running and just smash it out. But I'm, I still get, I... I I stop myself from signing up to open mic gigs still. And there's a very, there's a number of things. There are some things that I do think I know why I do that or why I don't rather. Um, you know, I'm not sure whether my thing, whether what I do is, can be, is it comedy or is it music or is it, what is it? Or should I be doing like weird arty scratch nights or what you like, mm. what should I be doing? Am I going to the right, Am I aiming at the right gigs or whatever? Um, but yeah, other than that, there's no... Because re- even if you are doing it, even if I am, 
you know, even if I do go to a stand-up open mic and do something that someone doesn't consider stand-up or comedy even, um, who gives a fuck? I think people like something a bit different. Actually. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think that... Um, like I, you, you said in your, your previous podcast about the, how you went to Edinburgh and you didn't think you were prepared enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you only sort of got prepared towards, towards the, the end. end of the run. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it I, I think your, your performance, you know, I've seen, I've seen your performance once. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, and I think you're right to an extent, like it's quite difficult to translate that into an open mic setting. Like there's <laughs> yeah. a, an open mic that I go to. I think I mentioned it to you yeah, before. Yeah. In Farringdon. Yeah. We, yeah. If, if you're ever up for it, they give you like eight minutes basically. Yeah. Um, or well in the first half they give you four minutes or one song there's right. a lot of comedians and a lot of musicians I'd say it's 50-50 oh great you get one song or four minutes in the first half yeah and then after the sort of half time point you get two songs or uh, eight minutes right 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 and so do you I do think both you would, halves uh, no you okay. can only sign up to one so I it's see. a way of making sure that people stick around if they want a you know a longer yeah. set or yeah sure. but unfortunately the people who pay in the first half tend to bugger off like yeah. straight away yeah. um but you know your your set was it was like a a, a half hour at that point i think but yeah, it was a yeah. half hour set like it did it didn't feel like it 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 could have been eight minutes you yeah. could like i suppose you could have done you could do like one of the songs yeah exactly but um, even then it's like sort of out of context um, that's the thing it, you you have you had like a theme in your show yeah which is that kind of act, like basically describing your process like, yeah which is that anxiety of <laughs> yeah. not being able to do a show yeah um it's been my mantra for a month in edinburgh i've been saying i can't do this all day every day to people in the street it probably wasn't very good for me <laughs> like by the time i've come back i'm like I don't think I can do this. It's like the opposite of fake it to me. <laughs> exactly, like yeah. You've basically convinced yourself that you can't do it. Um, but yeah, sorry, I cut you off. Uh, well, yeah, I think... Yeah. I, how, I think in that respect, like, it, it, it's, uh, you know, you would do well to find a medium that works for you. Yeah. That, that may not be an open mic slot. Yeah. but I, I'm not quite sure because I don't know the comedy scene that well that's literally actually the only comedy open mic that I know of yeah I'm not sure like what what would work but I think I don't know I get the sense like like just trying to find a venue that you can do like a regular slot at, yeah like exactly yeah. slot or something and just get really comfortable in that environment yeah somewhere not too far out of the comfort zone where I can but, but, but out of it because anything at this point is out of the comfort zone but not so far that I'm fucking dying of nerves all, all, all week. Like, what's the thing you're doing tomorrow in Deptford? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bring a stand-up gig. So you have to bring someone. The idea is that every act brings someone. Um, and yeah, just doing a five-minute slot. Um, I think it's a stand-up night, so it'll be interesting because I'm, I am shit myself about it because it's a stand-up night. Have you got a plan for it? No, <laughs> I mean I I have a, a rough idea, mm. um, but it is going to be, you know, songs that I have done already, um, from uh, songs from my show that I want to be able to create a five minute set of a ten minute set of a half hour set whatever whatever whatever, 
Um, and I want to focus more on the music. That's what I found, or, or, or the 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 musical side of my storytelling in that way. Um, so yeah, in answer to your question, no, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing tomorrow, mm. but I've luckily uh, got tomorrow to work out. Um, but anyway, I'll worry about that later. This is about yeah. you, man. <laughs> well, I think I, I honestly think I think yeah. finding a regular thing for you would, yeah. would actually be really good. No, you're right, and I, I do constantly think about the the place that you t- that you were talking about. Because mm. um, even then, like the first time you said it, I was like, shit. And you said it in front of Kai, and she is so good or bad, depending on how I look at it, at holding me accountable to myself. So like she was there when you said to me, "There's this gig." Friday nights, half and half comedy music. Mm. And I could see her going, you got to do that. And obviously yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. And I went home and the first thing I was thinking was, there's no fucking way. Like right. I can't, I can't, or, or no, that's not true. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't physically commit to calling you and being like, I'm coming with you this Friday. Yeah. yeah. You know, and Kai's a fucker because she was <laughs> there and she heard it and she was like, Are you doing that yet? And I'm like, no. So, well, yeah. when I started out open micing, I would I would go to a venue without my guitar, without the intention of playing. Oh, really? And it was such a different experience. I felt so calm and comfortable. And actually, oh. I'd sit there thinking, man, I could kill this. I could kill yeah, it at this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, next week I go back with my guitar and I'd be shitting it, thinking, <laughs> why would I, why did I ever think that? <laughs> it's um, weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's such a different experience. But like, but, you know, maybe you could come down without the intention of playing yeah and just and, and just just see what it's like like i used to do that yeah quite before most open mics i go to i'd scope the venue before just yeah, to see yeah. if i'd feel comfortable there that's a good shout yeah it's easy to do as well you know um okay so we sort of went off on a crazy time because i was hoping we could sort of go through a timeline in a way um to see where you where you where you were and where you're at now what what did you do so I do want to go back actually. So once you um, had done like the the album and whatever, what happened after that? So after I made the album, I think I spent a a little bit of time like just sitting on it, wondering what to do with it. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I, without being on social media and knowing too much about how all that kind of promotional stuff worked. Yeah. I ended up just putting it on a site called Bandcamp, which I think is a very good site actually for for music. It's an independent. It's kind of like iTunes, but for independent artists, you just create your own page, and you put it up, and you price it as you wish. Oh right! I put it up for free, but you can donate, so anyone can pay any amount they want to. Bandcamp. Mm. It's very very good for independent artists who want to sell their music. Great. It's um, sort of like a Patreon, I guess for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I put it up there and I just sent emails out, basically. Um, because, you know, as I said before, I didn't have the Facebook and other yeah. other ways of getting it out there. Um, that was in 2013. And I I then took a job at that time as well. Like, I, I'd been looking for a job for about six months yeah. in, in sort of administration, I suppose, because that's all I had on my CV, really. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was looking for these administrate administrator roles. Yeah. And then I saw a post, which was looking for an office junior, and I was twenty nine, and I I was kind of like, 
no, I can't go for that. Like, I can't be an office junior. <laughs> you know, it was a little bit less money than I had expected. And it was, a, you know, the, obviously the job title seemed as though it should be like a, either a school leaver or someone to yeah, university. Sure. Um, but I basically, I went for the interview just thinking, I, I applied for it. I went to the interview thinking like, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'm not going to take it anyway. So I'll just, whatever. Yeah. And then I got the call to, you know, be offered the job and I was like, oh shit. I've got a decision to make now. Um, it's the worst thing. But I did. I took the job. Um, and, it, you know, it was actually like a massive, like a really like big um, positive thing for me to do because uh, quite quickly I sort of did um, that, you know, they put me on like, it was for an accountancy practice. And yeah. They, they agreed that they'd pay for a course. You know, so then I qualified for a, an accountancy course like wow. three years later, I think. And, um, you know, all that was, you know, although it's not, you know, music related, it, it really helped me to grow my confidence. As I said before, yeah. the last time I was in a job, I really had no idea of any kind of career move whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and then I was out of work for a year and a half yeah. making this album, um, put the album up, you know, obviously it, it didn't have much, um, you know, it had feedback from friends and family yeah, yeah. and that was lovely. Um, <laughs> but there was no real prospect for it to like yeah. take off or anything. Sure. Um, and you know, you know, start having a job, um, and sort of being, you know, being an, even though it was like a, I suppose, quite tiring and, but it gave me a bit more confidence. Yeah. Um, which, just in, in all areas, like in life, you mean? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. When I think back to when I started the accountancy course, you know, I was a bag of nerves. Like, yeah, I bet you know, going I into that road, you know, going back into education after ten years, and yeah. Um, but is that something that you think now? still a positive move a good a good move yeah absolutely definitely um and you know it's not directly related to music but i think it 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 worked alongside yeah sure to to help my confidence and help me to walk into an open mic like for example now i don't need to scope a venue before going to an open mic if someone tells me there's a good open mic i'll I'll go and i'll bring my guitar and i'll intend to play and uh, you know before i was not confident enough to do that yeah i said previously and and i mean it i know i there was a stage i never thought i would perform at all at an open mic ever because i you know i suffered from stage fright hugely and um i just wanted to record music i never wanted to play to perform live i know what you mean i have I I I weirdly literally have that feeling now about whatever it is that I'm doing with. I I made a song a year ago almost for my mum for her birthday, and then it was my dad's birthday like a few couple of weeks later, and I made one for him and I recorded these songs. I'll show you later these songs and videos along with the songs and I was like fuck this is great I love doing it and I think that was a, a start of because um, I was already trying to do the stand up stuff a little bit and then that was like the start of me going wait hold on a sec 
like maybe I could do this kind of thing um but much like with you I if someone told me you can just record these at home and do it and be successful with it that way I'd probably go yeah all right I'll do that then I know it's not that because I do have a desire to perform mm. um and I want to be able to perform those those that expression um but yeah it's the same thing I I am reluctant to I'm so scared of going out and doing it you can when you're recording you can obviously like you can cut retake cut, retake, retake. Exactly. there's something very comfortable and when we talk about comfort zones yeah go performing live every time it's stepping out of your yeah. comfort zone like there's there's never a time when I perform at an open mic or a gig where I'm like completely comfortable about doing it yeah sure but then, you know, at the same time, like I, I hadn't appreciated before when I just wanted to record, like just how powerful live music is. Yeah, and, yeah, dude. Um, and that that kind of inter that like one to, not one to one, but that that like personal interaction, yeah. I think it's like well, it's a totally different thing. Yeah, and I, you know, I remember, uh, you know, my first single that I released um, after that album. Yeah. You know, I only released it about six, uh, five months ago. Maybe. On the hillside. On the hillside, yeah. Cracking and I you. played it. Thanks a lot, man. Nice. So I'd been playing it live um, a fair bit, um, and it's a fingerstyle song, and it's the one I refer to when I just kept fucking it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's actually quite interesting. I said about that gig where I was, um, I felt calmer because yeah. I knew how nervous I would be, and I just let go. Yeah. Um, the night before I played an open mic and I, I announced that I was going to play on the hillside because I wasn't going to play it at my gig the following night. I said, I know that I'm going to be too nervous and I'm going to fuck it up at my gig so I'm not going to bother playing it. But I'll play it tonight. Yeah. yeah. And I played it that night. And, um, and, and you know, it went okay. You know, it was okay. I still didn't intend to play it the next night. Yeah. But a friend of mine put up a post you know and he'd vid he'd videoed it right he right. put the video up yeah he, he's the friend that was actually running the gig ah cool the next night um a guy called johnny and um and he sort of put on the post this is one of the best musicians i've seen in london <laughs> um and and i was like really taken aback yeah like, and um you know it's really it was like really like lovely to see that obviously yeah. and um and I actually did end up playing it the following night. <laughs> so my reflection up in the stars in the sky Dealt with rejection long before you passed me by On the hillside, on the hillside, on the hillside Like a dot, yeah, you look like a dot. 
that I was going to make was that when I released the recording or yeah. just before I sent it to a couple of friends and one friend um, a, a guy called Will said I'm I'm not really digging this <laughs> I, actually what I did was instead of playing it at an open mic I put the recording on because I wanted to I wanted to hear it over the speakers and I wanted right. to get people's reaction and he said dude I didn't really like it like I way prefer your live version of it oh really and I was really like I was actually really happy in a way. <laughs> like, although I was a bit devastated to hear that he didn't like the recording, but yeah. he, subsequently he said he really likes it. There were just a couple of things he wasn't too keen on. Well, it lacks the personal... But I was very happy with that. Yeah. In many ways, I was like, I'm really surprised as well. I was like, because, you know, I'd kind of made the recording. The recording is as exactly as you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. And to hear that, like he preferred me fucking it up in a at an open mic was <laughs> yeah. like actually really nice. Yeah, I guess that's that that's part of the 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 enjoyment. The I don't know, I can't think of the word. The I want to say risk, but not the going to an open mic. There's there's gonna, there may be that kind of thing that happens, and that's exciting because it's a moment in history that's happening in front of your eyes mm. or whatever you know uh, that you may talk about for years if like that time Dan fucked up that song or whatever <laughs> yeah. um, no but it's true what you know when people say and I, I didn't yeah. I didn't really believe it for a while but people say you know people don't remember or care about you fucking up yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're there fucking up that's not a consolation you, <laughs> no. it, you just yeah. that's all you can think about um, but that said like back to sort of how meditations help like I, I would actually be in the middle of a song fucking it up <laughs> and um, where it used to it used to be that my reaction to, to like let's say hitting a bum note or just get, getting a chord wrong my reaction would be to spiral into this <laughs> mindset of like oh my god I just fucked it up like I I better not fuck up again or this is going to go like horribly wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's just going to like wonder what the fuck's going on. And inevitably all that did happen. Yeah. And that was probably because my mind was doing that. Yeah. And what I suppose a more mindful um, 
way of thinking has brought me is to actually I actually allow the fuck ups to to ground me and and to because usually they happen when my mind's wandering. Yeah, sure. And I I saw it brings me back actually into the room now. Yeah. It brings me back to remember where I was in the song and trying try and actually reconnect with the song because it shouldn't really just be a formulaic thing to do to perform a song. Well, that's a that's the part of you know when when acting with a script you know, a show that you're doing over and over again, that's the same thing. It can, if you've, if you've been doing the same show for four weeks or six weeks or whatever, you know, that's the danger is that you just go into a routine of doing the movements, doing the motions. I've actually always thought it must be so much harder for a comedian because I don't don't know, like I get, I get the feeling, you know, when you see a comedy show and you hear a joke and you find it hilarious, but every time you see it after that, it gets like slightly less and less funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to have that kind of freshness as a comedian, like, yeah, That's the best, the best comedians are the ones who like, you, d- you lose yourself into their world. Yeah. And you feel like they're telling a joke for the first time. Exactly. But it, uh, I, I can't even imagine like, you know, it, that having that mindset of being, yeah. of like performing like that. Like, well, to be that good, I think you have to be so connected. To mm. what, what it is you're saying yeah you know? um it's like the whole um you know the finding the comedy in something is not to it, it, I'm, I'm applying this to acting but like to find the comedy in like a, a scene or whatever is not to play the comedy but to play the truth um of the scene of what's happening not play what is funny because as soon as you start playing what is funny then it takes the humor out of it. Mm. Whereas if you just do what that person is doing, it's up to the audience to find the 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 humor in it, to see the humor in it. Yeah, yeah. You know. So yeah, it's about being present and and truthful with it. Um so we're at about an hour and I, we want to play oh, some really? songs as well. Yeah, I know. Oh, wow. it flies by. Right? Yeah, it has, yeah. But what I do want to ask before we sort of wrap up and and play a couple of tunes, because um, uh, I know you wanted to to, to give us some, uh, you know, background on some of it or whatever. Anyway, we'll I'll run into that more smoothly in a moment. Um, but so, where are you at now? Is what is what I was going to say. So, what's going on now? Um, you know it seems like the moral of this story of this podcast if there was one is to sort of to to keep find to keep searching for the the your way of expression and and to test different ways out and to to be brave i guess um and and i feel like that's what you have been doing correct me if i'm wrong at any point but you and uh you know you seem way more confident a person to me than you were when I first met you a couple of years ago. Um, so where are you at now? So at the moment, I feel like I'm like writing songs from a place of real like honesty. Um, I, I don't write very, very regularly. Um, I, I play a lot, but I'm one of those who I kind of feel like inspiration has to come to me when I write. Yeah. Um, but I, but I feel like what's coming out when I write at the moment is um, I, I feel very connected to 
the the words and the melodies and things. So I'm at a point as well where I suppose I'm still trying to get to grips with how to like promote uh, myself as, yeah. a, as a as a as a musician. Yeah. Um, That's I've got like a new hard. single coming out, Amazing. which I you know I'm not sure like when to bring it out, like how to bring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that sort of thing, you know, like. But and I, right, I, I, I guess see. like a lot of it is like trying to get to grips with social media and things, which is I find quite stressful. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> and I, I'd like to try and find a way to to make those elements like work for me, like to serve me well. Yeah. Um, because it, I feel like it, it's not. It doesn't help that they that I don't that it stresses me out. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, that, that, that's a slightly negative spin on it, I suppose. The, the positive thing is that I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. I'm very thankful to, to be writing songs, um, and to, to, to be performing them. When I think back to those times where I was maybe writing songs that I wasn't as connected with, although they still, they still hold a big part of yeah, what I sure. went through. Yeah. They were quite self-indulgent. Right. They were a lot about what I was going through. And I, as I said before, I was very self-absorbed. Yeah. Um, now I try and see, uh, I write s- songs where I'm not the center of everything. Um, and I try and see something slightly more positive. I write <laughs> melancholy songs. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> But I try and see a positive element. Yeah. Um, uh, like I wrote, I, I, I recorded a video recently. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's the one I in the church. I don't think it's I have. a song called, that I wrote called I'm Only a Guest in the House of the Lord. And for me, that song was like quite, when I, I wrote it, it, it was quite a transitional song. Right, right, right. Zay-Z. I have seen it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a transitional song in the sense that when I started writing it, it was I was writing it from a place of negativity and and um sort of um like a lot of my songs letting out sort of leg- negative emotions yeah and then during the process of the, of the song it became a more like a song about just noticing those negative emotions and just just trying to distance myself from them really so by by the time the song finishes i you know i'm singing i'm i'm i feel like there's a more positive message yeah. in there um and, and that song really represents like a, a kind of transition in my songwriting as a whole to that that kind of feel where i'm trying to find something more positive yeah and and i also think it's important to have to have a re- uh, like a truth, like like you said about finding the truth in a scene. Yeah. Um. To have a reason why 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 we're doing it and a, and a truth behind it, I think is important. Yeah. I think maybe that's where where you said about the comedians who and I was asking like how they come across as fresh every time. And you said yeah. it's because they really feel it and they they mean it and yeah. they're being genuine. Yeah. Um, I think that comes. That's something that actually is um, 
universal in the arts yeah is that, that that people really connect with something that's like a true expression whether it's in comedy film music yeah um yeah yeah so yeah it is it's it's definitely universal and it's uh you know it, i think it's the that's the only way to to connect with other human beings is through truth however you mm. express it however you get it out there um yeah as long as it's yeah like your songs now as long as that they are what they are to you and when you every time you present them to so, to someone else or share them with other people then you know if you're they they are you're connected to them by default because you've written them that way so so people are going to connect to you through them you know yeah um provided you're not just going through the motions yeah um well the song that I'm intending to play um when we record when we record just now is um a song that I wrote really recently um I wrote it about 2 weeks ago and it's a very oh, wow. very um very interesting and different process of writing to to what I normally do I wrote the song in just 2 days um which was very quick right um so from picking up the guitar and coming up with the sort of finger pattern and r- all the lyrics and everything were written in just 2 days yeah and it I I ended up coming up with a title for the song just a couple of days ago right and i called the song a meditation on the death of a friend uh-huh. um and i called it that even though it sounds a little bit pretentious <laughs> because there's no lyric that says that in the song yeah i think all my other songs are basically the title is a lyric in the song sure but there wasn't a lyric that really stood out in this song as being a good title for the song right the title really a meditation on the death of a friend is it really just describes what the song is yeah it it took a the writing process took about the length of time of a meditation like when you think about sitting and meditating yeah even though it was done over two days it maybe took a few hours yeah let's say um and that there's a refrain that goes out throughout the song which you'll hear where I talk about what I've noticed yeah um and for me that's a big uh, as I've said before a massive part of meditation is just noticing yeah um it's things that I've noticed that I noticed about my friend when I when I knew him before he died um and it's things that I noticed since he died that I hadn't picked up on before he died yeah that I noticed after he died <laughs> um my friend killed himself about a month ago oh shit I'm sorry man That's, yeah a um, month ago yeah fucking hell um and and uh, you know there's a an element of noticing things about myself in the song as well right so that, those are the three sort of elements of writing that this particular song, um, and it was also a very powerful process to write it actually. Yeah. Um, which I found recently when I said I'm I feel connected to what I'm writing. I I feel very emotional when I'm writing it. Yeah. Um. 
and I and I I almost get that feeling of when I when I used when I was listening to songs that I really loved um when you know when I was not a musician yeah yeah I listened to a guy called Elliot Smith who's an amazing songwriter like my by far my favorite songwriter um and I'd get this sense from his songs of like just feeling like pure emotion like and and now I'm getting that feeling whilst I write the last sort of few songs I've written um and it's just yeah it's just sort of very interesting and very necessary process I I think it may be something that my friend maybe lacked actually right was having a, a, a release a creative release yeah um, do you think you're about. do you think your your connection now with your music and with your writing and even with your performing has uh, given you like a any sort of respite from uh, respite from uh, your you know issues whatever they are mental health yeah absolutely yeah 100% I think you think this is like a it's probably more effective than any of the drugs you were given well yeah I mean when I started writing this song mm. I I was um, it was about 9 o'clock in the evening and um, I had the week off work so I wasn't in the office um, and I, I it was about 9 o'clock and I was feeling really down actually and I was feeling very, very lethargic. I'd I'd wondered about going to an open mic, but it was too late. I didn't. I wasn't going to go. And I, all I wanted to do actually was just go to bed. Mm. But I felt like it would have been a real waste of the evening if I just went to bed at that point um, and went to sleep. And I I had a gig the next day, and I'd been meaning to change my guitar strings for a while. Yeah. And I could easily have gone to bed at that point, but mm. I decided to, that I would just just try and do something productive that evening yeah. and change my guitar strings ready for my gig the next day. Yeah. Um, and I changed the strings and then I just started to sort of play them in because when you restring a guitar, you kind of, it will go out of tune very quickly, but if you just play it a bit, yeah, it's sort of like... Sort yourself it, out. Yeah. yeah. And as I was playing it in, I came up with the finger pattern for this song. Yeah. Um, and it, it was... Um, when when I was in the midst of a depression, of de- of being depressed, you know, I would have one hundred percent gone to bed, and but you know, I, I, I having this um, ha- sort of self knowledge, I suppose, about what you know, I knew that it wouldn't serve me well just to go to bed, and I knew that if I changed my guitar strings, then I wouldn't have to do it the next day. Yeah, and I just you know. And what ended up happening was that one little, like, positive decision yeah. to just do something that I knew would be productive, even though I didn't really feel like doing it. Yeah, like it it spawned like a new uh, a new song that was finished within two days. Yeah, that wouldn't have seen the light of day if I had have just if you'd have just gone to bed. Gone to bed. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah, sort of like, so a combination of having 
that self-knowledge which has come from i suppose meditation yeah um and having that creative outlet in that moment it it was really like highlighted the importance of both those things because i had the self-knowledge that I, I I wanted to do something productive rather than mope. Yeah, 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 sure. And I had the productive thing because it was to to check to do to do the guitar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was which is my sort of release, I suppose. Yeah, and and the song itself is a big release of emotion. Yeah. What was your uh, friend called? I I don't actually want to say because in his culture, his family. Uh, they I, they didn't want people to know that he'd killed himself. Right, fine. Um, so I, no I, I wouldn't I yeah, wouldn't yeah, say yeah. what his name is. Of course. But um, his, um, he was a really really lovely guy, and he was, a, a bit, you know, very much into meditation and things. And he d- he wasn't into um, drugs and things. He was very, very um. He, he you know he he was very um active. Yeah. Um. It, you know. I, I hadn't seen him for a, a few months um, yeah. and <clears throat> obviously the la- yeah you'll get a sense in the song I mean the last time I did see him I had a sense that something was up but you know absolutely no idea that it would get to the extent it did yeah um, yeah well on that note should we should we uh, play some songs? Yeah, definitely. Yeah? Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for, for chatting to me and everyone who's listening about your experiences and um, about how, you know, your creative outlet is, is... Is it too much to say curing you? No, I don't think that's too much. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it has a, a certain healing power to it. Right. So yeah. I think, yeah. It's good as well because you 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 have. I tell you something just quickly. Oh fucking hell! This is going to be three hours long. Isn't it? <laughs> just just before we go, like I I, I uh, it's it's amazing that you haven't had like something that I often do now because I'm 29 now. Um, I convince myself constantly that it's far too late in the day to be doing this shit, to be changing your mind and to be, ah, to be um, you know, trying to jump into something else. Um, even if it's something that, you know, been doing on my own, in my own time for a long time, but how did you, how, how did you escape that thought? I'm interested for myself. <laughs> this is, purely self uh, of changing what you wanted to do or, or like changing, changing what, the path but, you were on yeah or, or, or not being like because uh, you could have quite easily gone at that point where you were sort of lost and you decided right I'm gonna quit my job I'm gonna make this album whatever you know at 29 thereabouts you you know that you could have easily gone oh no well this is how i think about it this is how this is my sort of stupid not stupid you know whatever these are my thoughts now is like i'm the one that constantly comes in is it's far too late in the day 
like with starting playing the guitar at how old? 22? Hmm. Like even that, you know, I, I, maybe it, it's just fucking highlighting how lazy I am. But I think what it is, is like, there's there's like two ways of looking at it because either it's too too late in the day or you just ca- you can't waste another moment not doing it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and and I tend to see it the other way. But what I would say is that like, it it hasn't been like an overnight thing. Either. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, and uh, I I just want to add because I I watched I like watching TED talks. So yeah, I don't watch yeah, yeah, yeah. them that often, but I I went through a phase of watching them a lot, and I so, find them yeah. actually really inspiring. Absolutely. And I remember watching one, and I, I can't remember the exact detail, but it was this guy, like, he studied, like, he looked at the tennis player, Novak Djokovic. Yeah. And um, he said that Novak Djokovic was basically, like, a, always a very, very good tennis player who was, like, top four, top four or five. Yeah. And then he went from that to being the top, like, the best um, quite quickly. Yeah. Like, and... And when he was at the top, he was like untouchable for about three years. Yeah. He'd like won almost everything. Um, And the guy looked at what changed, like looked at it very statistically. And he said that, I can't, as I said, I can't remember the exact detail. He said something like his, the amount of points that he won overall from when he was in the top five to when he was number one, he increased the number of points that he won by 2%. And, you know, the shocking thing to me about that was what a small number of points that he was winning more to get from being very good to, to being amazing. Yeah. It was actually not a huge ratio that you would expect. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the extra points, you know, it meant that he would win a game, you know, and break yeah. serve. Well, he It got him to where he needed to be. Yeah. Um, and that really stuck with me. And it's like, for me, that, I bring that element into my life a lot, actually. So yeah. that that decision to not go to bed and just change my strings felt like a very small decision in the right direction. Yeah. And I could have quite easily just changed my strings and then gone to bed. But it actually had the knock-on effect that I changed my strings and I actually felt like playing a bit of guitar. Yeah. And then it had the knock-on effect to start right, to write that song. And um, But it all came from just a very small decision and you know those decisions don't it it doesn't have to be like massive changes yeah sure um day to day if you can make the correct decision a little bit more often than what what you were doing yesterday yeah then that you that that's already like the right path is is being taken like like i i for example like if you're a smoker and you want to quit smoking yeah I would always suggest something like the same for any sort of addiction in my opinion like just try like what time do you have your first cigarette let's say it's 10 o'clock in the morning I'd say like try and try and have it at like half 10 yeah sure yeah like and just see how that goes or the other thing you can do try ripping a bit off the end of your cigarette and then smoking it like so you're smoking less or like stub it out when you're halfway through it yeah yeah. you know those the little little differences that can really make a massive difference because then every you know after that maybe every cigarette you have you'll just stub out halfway through and then you're half you're smoking half (laughs) as much as you as you were um and yeah 
so i mean that you know in 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 meditation there's Small a big step. sense of um self compassion as well yeah not not beating yourself up when yeah. when you're when your mind's sending you on a, on a certain path because yeah. the mind is a very powerful tool oh gotcha and it, you know it's um if it gets into a negative mindset uh, you know quite often it's nigh on impossible to get out of like, yeah you just don't quite often see a way out which yeah, is man. something i allude to in in the song that i'm about to sing nice nice segue let's do it dan thank you so much dan caleb thank you very much um thanks a lot actually hit, hit us with your social medias now um what is your what are your what are you on what are your handles all that shit yeah. I'm, I'm bad at it as well man so i'm on um facebook i've got a page which is at dan caleb music nice and the same handle for Instagram, and now the same handle for Twitter. Uh-oh. As of about two years, two days ago, <laughs> rather. Uh, yeah, so I'm on those three, and I've got on the hillside is on Spotify, amazing iTunes, all that. So My new single, "Don't Look Down," will be out sometime between a month's time and three years' time. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah. So, and there's sort of other things happening as well recordings and videos and things that i'm hoping to be releasing in the you know yeah too distant future amazing man great well, thanks thank a lot you. for having me on man. Hey, no worries thank you I, I really appreciate you coming i noticed the expression on your face the sadness i could replace. i noticed Vacant look in your eyes The way a thinking man tries To think his problems away I noticed the warmth to your embrace There was something I couldn't Thank you.